Okay, so here we are at, uh, this is night one of Dragon Con. Here with Sean and his cousin Russ. We're at Durango Steakhouse, which is our normal hangout. Well, I mean, what are we recording this for? For posterity. Anyway, we all just got here and, uh, I'm not gonna watch this movie. Stop pressuring me. Every time I go see a movie, there's a trailer for the getaway. I'm not gonna watch it. I'm not gonna watch it. Ethan Hawke gets all of Nicolas Cage's roles. So anyway, this is uh, this is our first stop, Durango, on Friday night at Dragon 2013. You're listening to a special edition of TV8 My Dinner. My name is Sean. I'm sitting here with Greg and Andrew, and we're gonna recap our Dragon Con experiences for you. Dragon Con 2013. Dragon Con 2013. You may find that we'll see it's only the edge. Unnecessary reverb. Lock it in and rip the knob off. <laughs> <laughs> Who is the goober? <laughs> That's my favorite radio stinger. Lock it in and rip the knob off. <laughs> okay, so we do have a video forthcoming. But, we'll, but I wanted to we get to, to do a little special where we also talk about some of the stuff. Because I actually I had a good time this year. Yeah, it was fun. Dad, come it. Oh, God damn it, Craig. <laughs> Hang on. All right. Yeah, I had a good time. <laughs> oh, jeez. We've had a good run can, this year, I guess. I, just, I can hear Sean's disdain. <laughs> We're creeping up on episode 200. We need some points of nostalgia. It's like, oh, remember all those times that Greg took a phone call or, or didn't take it and just let it ring? Well, I can't get to the phone. It's, it's across the room, and I'm all wired up here. So, I, <laughs> Just like you can't unplug it or anything. Uh, it's, it's, it's fine. Well, I guess I could unplug it. I could do that, yeah. <laughs> but then you wouldn't have all this fun stuff to graph about. That's true. Then the show wouldn't have become the mockery that it is today. <laughs> We're satisfied with 50 listeners. Hey, I love we, our 50 we listeners. We put in 50 listeners worth of work. I actually think we got a couple of more. I always say that because I saw some people add, you know, like our Facebook page, but, uh, then you always end up saying, yeah, I know that guy. Yeah. <laughs> well, Damn I know it. a lot of our listeners, too, from the show. They're all strangers to you. Well, but I'm, I'm hoping that... that <laughs> Some you know, of them I know just for the context of this. Uh, one of the, the <laughs> people who's recently posted on, on the TV at my dinner, though, was my nephew, though, so no. Well, so, I mean... So no him. So you always, you know, ruin it for me. It's like, I, you know, we got a new friend, we got a new friend. Oh, I know that dude. Yep. <laughs> I don't know, that ruins it. It's like the same people can keep posting and it's new to you. <laughs> this guy's name is Rude. It's like, yeah, he's been listening for like eight years. This guy named Brooks Robinson. He's been <laughs> listening yeah, for Yeah, we went, to, we went to college with that guy. Yeah, never heard of him. <laughs> We actually did see Brooks this weekend. We didn't. We weren't able. I was. I. I was disappointed because uh, we got to see Andrew a bit at the parade, and we got to see Brooks later on that night. But we never did have the opportunity to set something up where we were able to record or film something with the. Four we got of like. Us. We got like two minutes I f- of the three of us. I felt stupid yeah. because <laughs> I should have shot some random video while we were standing there at the parade. We were just so elbow to elbow. We were all trying to get still shots, and we could just barely even see what was going on in the parade at all. But we could have got at least a little video of camaraderie. It's a little B-roll <laughs> yeah, we, of us. We just, just keep a do- slow push on the one picture we have. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> do one of those effects where it in. makes it like a 3D kind of yeah. thing and zooms in on it. And then push out, yeah. pull out. Do, do, the, do the Kim Burns thing. Yeah. So the TV ate my dinner make it last. shared one magical day. That's the way we'd do it if <laughs> one of us died. Yeah. Like, and here's a picture of the world's three best friends. <laughs> the only <laughs> picture. With Bon Jovi's Wanted Dead or Alive <laughs> playing. 
That's <laughs> <laughs> like in that sunny they do that. I'm like, cowboy. Hard times. We just have pictures of us posing yeah, like, in jeans and leather like, jackets. to black and white. Yeah. Like, or negative when, when you're Greg getting Fox really serious. suspected of suffering from death. Mm-hmm. And the rift between Sean and Greg got wider. <laughs> Created differences. Just rips. Sparked, sparked a rift. But, yeah. Greg Starr struck out on his own. Behind the podcast. <laughs> his new his new podcast, The Stark Truth. Yeah. <laughs> really, Starkey's Machine. Or he used to write that column for the yeah. website called Starkey's Machine. <laughs> and all of his columns were about the things he was disgruntled about. Oh, well, yeah. What else do you write about? Oh no! And the rift between Sean and Greg got wider. Just every time, start playing Tears of a Clown or something. <laughs> but I did. I had a good time this year. Uh, I thought that it was, despite the fact it was a huge amount of people, that I thought they did a good job managing. And more so than because that's one of the complaints that we've had besides the number of people and how hard it is to get into events but uh, it was just the people you had to deal with it was like no, DragonCon was run strictly by volunteers in years past and yeah, you had a hard like, time so like this year they had a professional yeah, group they had like of a security, security company there. like checking the doors and stuff and they were all very courteous I was wondering by about Saturday like when this thing reaches a critical mass, exactly how how polite is everyone going to be? But the roughest area was the registration. We went by that registration area every now and then to drop off postcards and stuff. And by Saturday afternoon, people were screaming, "Follow the red line!" Stay oh yeah, the left. It about the registration area was that was probably where the most volunteers were stationed. And they like weren't it, being rude; they were just trying to be heard. Like they still weren't. I mean, that, that girl seemed like she was about at the at the end of her rope, but she wasn't overtly <laughs> being rude to anyone. It was well, just like trying to wrangle people. Like, follow the freaking red tape! Damn it! We have a system! <laughs> if you have to pay, go to the cash register. If you already paid, don't go to the cash register. Call! <laughs> See, that's what happens when you give nerds a little bit of power. She was fine though. The, I, yeah, I mean, she was fine. Honestly, there, there was, speaking, she wasn't like, really the one I was thinking about. There, in there years was one past other at Dragon Con. There, like you'd be like standing in line for something, and a guy would come hassle you. It's like yeah, I'm I mean, I, I saw that thing. a few times. Like a like with one of those lines that went around the building for you know somebody trying to get in to see the Firefly people or that kind of thing. Yeah, you know? and that stuff would perturb you, or you'd be standing somewhere, and someone would come tell you to sort of push off, and you didn't know where you were supposed to be going or why you weren't allowed to stand there. Yeah. But we we had a good... I mean, we were standing outside the William Shatner thing after we'd seen William Shatner, and a dude walked up, and he's like, can I help you guys? And we're like, oh, do we need to go on? <laughs> he's like, no, just, if, if you just needed help finding something, just stand here if you want to stand here. <laughs> but it was like a... It was a, a it After did he seem like a more pleasant off the floor, atmosphere. You don't want to punch him in the face. Yeah. Because that's that was how, when we were that's how trying we to steal the TARDIS there, too. Well, it is funny. <laughs> we we had a perfect opportunity to shoot outside that TARDIS because it was the William Shatner thing was going on. But then we found out that it wasn't full. Like, we walked in late to William Shatner saying, well, let's see if this works out. And... We could actually get in. Yeah. Listen to him talk about TJ Hooker. Yeah. Which was cool. packed all the way? No, we got in. We got a little bit of video, not much to speak of, but. Uh, well, we I, I wonder how Shatner feels about that because, yeah, his his thing wasn't full and George Takei's was wrapped around the building twice. We couldn't get into George Takei's. <laughs> we didn't get in. Because of the Facebook thing. He's, he's like the star now. And he's like the, the you know big advocate of gay rights and stuff. He's he's got like a crusade going on. So so he's actually the more active. He was the hotter ticket. I actually was sad that we didn't get to see George. Yeah, Takei. I, I would like to have seen him too. But I've seen George Takei before. I haven't seen William Shatner before. So that was a treat for me to be able because you know back in the day going to these cons, you'd never get in to see like William Shatner. He hardly was even at any of the kind of cons we go to. So what did he do? Just come out and answer questions? Yeah, that's what they normally do. They do a panel, and he like starts out with his opening stuff, and then people ask him questions. And so he talked Was about he like a speech or something. Yeah, 
he, he's a big goof. So he, he yeah. talked about like why people go to conventions and all that kind of stuff. And, and he did talk about TJ Hooker. And he told about like pranks that he used to pull in the old Star Trek set. So he really knows how to play to that audience. Like, I don't know why someone even asked him about TJ Hooker, but. It's <laughs> I like wanted the, to ask him about Boston Legal. I thought it, you know, I like, I love that show. Well, I wanted to ask him about Legally Blonde. <laughs> <laughs> He's not legal of on it's um, miscongeniality. Yeah. I get yeah. him confused. What was that like? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. How was Candace Bergen? <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't you like to know? <laughs> yeah. Exactly. She was exquisite. He probably had something gross to say. He's like, I've had I've had better, but not many. <laughs> He's a big ham. So we did we and what happened after that, though, is there was a Doctor Who thing going on around the corner from there. So as soon as we got out of William Shatner, there's like a million people lined up to take their pictures with that TARDIS because it was the Doctor Who thing and just let out. I'm like, I was hoping we'd get over there and shoot some uh, some bumpers or something, but we'll be lucky to get our pictures taken with that thing. We had to come back. Yeah, this is the first time I've ever been. I just went to a parade. I took my daughter down there and met up with you guys, but... It's funny that it's like, I'm surprised that this is a huge Doctor Who turnout. Oh, yeah. Like, well, the cosplay, I was like, is that usually how it is, or it's just because of the popularity? It's building because of this new, I mean, this new show has been on for so long and building popularity. So you always get some, you always get some Doctor Who cosplayers because that's sort of like the lazy costume. It's like, yeah, I got a suit, some sneakers, and maybe a scarf. And that's, and there's always like a girl who dresses up to be a girl doctor and stuff like that. So you get a little bit of everything there. But it is funny. Like, there was a dude that came out as, like, a Cyberman, and that's pretty serious. That's pretty cool. And then uh, there was a Dalek. I remember we were headed into... We thought it was a dealer's room, but the dealer's room was, like, in a whole separate building this year. It was just a massive thing. But it was actually the Walk of Fame where you had people do this the autographs. And we were walking through this door, and this Dalek comes rolling by. And I got out of the way, and I thought it was funny that for a minute I was actually surprised that I, there was a guy pushing the Dalek. It's like it was perfectly it seemed real to me that that, that Dalek was self-propelled. I was like, this ruined the illusion. We did one of the pictures we posted on the Facebook was like in the background. There's like this Cylon ship, and then in front of it, just rolling down the street, came this pickup truck with a Dalek strapped. Yeah, in the that's back. a great picture. Like, Rusty, you've got to get them both in frame. Get them both. Just like a director. That's it. That's the shot. Take it. <laughs> like that was just a moment of serendipity. I would like to go thank God for that Cylon ship. That was pretty cool. I mean, somebody. It's amazing how much work people put into these things oh and they look great my cousin russ was with us the whole time so a lot of those pictures you see on the facebook were actually taken by russ i'm yeah i'm a terrible picture taker yeah because my camera's crappy and because i really love to just do things i really could benefit from having my own personal photographer because i don't like i like having pictures but i don't like stopping to take them yeah that's the same thing with i do do that with alex when you have kids because you end up like when you first start, you're like, there's pictures like every week and every day. And then after you get, to, now you get to the point where I feel guilt. Cause I'm like, it's been like a month since I took any pictures of her. <laughs> and you feel this weird, like it's like new modern kind of guilt because it's like, my dad is a photographer and we had like 50 pictures when I was that age. <laughs> and I'm like worried that I don't have a hundred every day. Because I can on vacation and I took like 10 pictures. <laughs> yeah, you feel so guilty. I'm going to Ireland, and I, I want to go buy a nice camera, at least one like Russ's, because that's the thing. People like take lots of pictures. Like knowing me, I might come back with nothing, because I just like to be there. I mean, I I remember. If it, if, in fact, if it weren't for things like Facebook, I'd probably be even worse about taking pictures. Because sometimes you take things because like, oh well, you know, you put it out, and there's like a way to share it, and it makes it interesting. I do enjoy photo albums still, but. But that's really the thing. Like like with Dragon Con, people were like, take lots of pictures. Like we actually had people that wanted to see that kind of stuff. So yeah. it made it 
more fun to be it able. It was a lot of fun. Like you know, people were commenting and saying, "Get you know, yeah, telling us what to do." And we you were, were posting that. them as we went, so they were like these real time updates. And then every night when we got back to the hotel, I'd take Russ's camera and just pull all the stills and just like dump them into this album and whatever. It was hard to upload videos, but whatever kind of weird clips that we could fit, we just uploaded them. It's like we're we're documenting this as we go. <laughs> so it's it's funny because we're gonna do the video and and I it, there's, there's some fun stuff that we shot for the video but it's like mostly people have seen it all like those the still pictures tell a better story than than the videos that we shot yeah cause, well I've discovered that over the years it's like you know with video you end up just getting a lot of shots of walking around. And yeah, I mean, that's what you're really looking for is all the cosplayers. Like, for me, I like to go get pictures in the food court because that's, like, the funniest thing for me is to see, like, these barbarians sitting on the, on the wall by the stairs and yeah, people just... And it is Chinese. Yeah, and they're all on the floor eating because that's my big thing. It's like, they're like, let's go to the food court. And then, like, everyone's sitting on the floor eating. I was like, I'm not doing this. I'm on vacation. I'm not eating on the floor. I know you. Like, you free. <laughs> you refuse to eat anywhere that didn't cost twenty bucks a plate. I don't set the prices <laughs> yeah. in Atlanta. I just want a table. That's how much a table costs. You're on vacation. Suck it up. God. I don't go on vacation to eat fast food on the floor. My wife bitched for a week about that. <laughs> you guys are like the opposite. It's like this is the anti-vacation for me, and in, in every critical way. Because we're just walking around all day long. We're, we're going to terrible restaurants. Actually, we went to some nice places. But I'm just saying, like, every time you want to go somewhere, everyone's looking at the menu like, meh. It's like, well, we can't just eat Chick-fil-A. We're on vacation. I'm okay this, to eat Chick-fil-A. You can't get a drink want, anywhere. You know, like they don't drink at all. Who, me? They walk, you and Russ, just walk around all day. Don't don't drink. Don't uh, go into panels about writing till like ten thirty at night. Well, hey, that was your that was your cousin on that one. <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah, and I, I was I, glad I, to I see Timothy's it, but... on, and even that one that we went to, but <laughs> but I don't want to go to panels about writing. I wanted to go to the podcast panels. I mean, since seeing as we do yeah, a podcast, a podcast panel, <laughs> I wouldn't mind seeing like we almost went to see that sword and laser or whatever. It would have been fun to see. I mean, we've done that in years past, but so many people go to Dragon Con and they drink and carouse and party. Not us. Hey, <laughs> man, we walk around. You you were there. Why didn't you like lead the way? You're you're kind of the pro when it comes to drinking and partying and <laughs> that kind of thing. Gotta have something to work with, Greg. You know, Russ, you know, he's pretty chill. and I've been married for 137 years. Yeah. Well, it's sort of like we went out to see. This was my favorite thing. I thought, we're going to get some video and we're going to have ourselves a, a time. <laughs> this is like, this is for you people because we didn't recap this so much. This is like my, and if you follow the Facebook, you may have seen it because I did a, I did a, a an edited transcript of this conversation posted it, but well, I can't remember what episode Andrew and I are recording. It might be the Elysium one, but we're just talking. And the yeah, whole it was last time. time. <laughs> uh, I haven't like heard Greg, the episode yet. Like an hour into this thing, Greg comes in going, I didn't know we were recording tonight. But he doesn't dial in. Like we talked for two hours or more. So it's like for a I wasn't good half set, of that I conversation. Was, I wasn't set up to be able to dial in. So. Well, whatever. <laughs> I don't judge your process. But... So the whole time we're talking, you could just sort of every now and then you hear this bloop, bloop in the background of Andrew. And <laughs> it's my iPad. And finally, he's like, you know what that sound is? That's Brooks and Greg talking on Facebook. This whole time, neither, both of them too busy to do the podcast. Oh, man, I got to hear that they're talking. And then, so I go back and I'm like, am I copied on this conversation? He's like, yeah, I think we're both like, good, I'm going to go back tomorrow. I'm going to read this whole thing. And I did. And it unfolded like the funniest sort of one-act play. <laughs> it's just everybody's talking and having their own conversation. And they're and they're all just talking, keeps... the, 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 the driving force of this conversation is Greg wanting to book some kind of venue so that we can all meet. And everyone's talking about, is it kid-friendly or is it this or that, or blah, 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 blah. And he's like, throwing things out and he finally settles on this cow tipper's steakhouse 
And I'm like, oh, yeah, can you have kids there? It's like, yeah, yeah, you can, you can, sure you can have kids there. It's like, oh, there's a naked person on the website, Greg. Like, no, 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 it's fine, it's fine. Like, oh, and then the, the reveals happen in such in such a mechanical way because he's like, oh, well, this might be a drag queen place. Let me see. Like, oh, no, no, that guy's only here, like, on normal days. It's like, we were going on Saturday. You would think that might be the night of the drag show. It's like, no, it's, it's fine the rest of the time. And then they're like, Greg, there's a naked cowboy on the website. What are you talking about? It's like, it's naked. this is a gay steakhouse. A gay steakhouse. How, how, how did you come to that conclusion? It's like, because there's a naked cowboy on the website. I wasn't Rook looking at like the website. I was reading Open Table. Yeah. He's like, Rook is like, according to the website, at any given time, there could be a rugby team washing cars or men hula hooping. <laughs> <laughs> this is on the website. Well, then I had to go. Greg's answer, like, but this is, this is my great. favorite reaction ever, is when after learning that he's booked a reservation in a gay cowboy steakhouse, Greg's response was, not again. Like, like the most intriguing line of the piece. Well, like, how many times? That, that probably have takes you... some backstory. I kind of have a history of doing these kinds of little weird things when it comes to the gay community. It's not intentional, That's but funnily phrased. Huh? <laughs> I sometimes do weird gay things. Well, it's like uh, I think I'm just I, I'm a. You get into capers. No, it's, yeah. it's it's like I just don't notice the my gaydar doesn't go off, you know. So, which but is it's just you know, so funny. Look, gay, the, the gay community is like awesome. The food going, going, there's was rainbow excellent. cake I mean, on I, the menu, Greg. I, I rainbow highly, cake. Hey. I, Hey, I highly recommend the food at Cow Tippers. That Actually, was a, Cow Tippers was great. It was a great restaurant. And, and, we, did, and we didn't think it'd be otherwise, but I kind of thought it had some kind of theme going on. Like, well, this will be fun. We'll get some video of this. this well, this we got be there. a little Lord. bit of a thing. We did, because it was just a regular steakhouse. When well, we see, got my there. whole goal was trying to find a place to seat a large group of people. And, and that's always a hassle around DragonCon, because there's so many people down there. Yeah, but we left that area. That's what was funny. Cal Tippers is like, I don't think, like, who makes a reservation for 20 at 5 o'clock? Uh, when that's the it only time a reservation can be there. made, then yeah, that's, that's that what was I weird. We, and then we showed up with six people. Not like, six we people. <laughs> there was like, uh, hang on, there were. Like, hold up, let's break up some about, of these tables. Uh, I think there were. In. Which, yeah, I mean, people bailed. They, they, people you do get, what they do. You get there and they're like, we are, we already shut down the restaurant for you guys. <laughs> yeah, really? Yeah, well. I think if we stayed there a few more hours, things would have gotten interesting. Because it was starting to get a little interesting when we left. Well, in given... Did that's they, a, one of my, uh, well, another one of my complaints. It's like, we could have stayed there. But instead, What'd we all after that? left and went to a Starbucks in a Barnes & Noble. And stayed there for like four hours. Well, everybody was tired of sitting there. You know, let's sit somewhere else. <laughs> Sean, you started this conversation by saying you had a good time. I did. <laughs> I, but I am out. I'm outlining those elements that are usually antithetical to what I usually enjoy in a in a vacation. Well, you know the total. And, and there are a lot of ways that if we do it next year, probably won't happen. But for me. But it may be in a couple of years if we can. It won't happen plan. for me either because I caught hell one for my wife when I got home. Yeah. <laughs> for going to Cal Tippers? No, for spending all the money that I spent. Because well, somebody I mean, would not eat at a restaurant that costs less than twenty bucks a plate. Go to a food court. You're gonna spend ten dollars. Well, that's less than twenty. Hey, Greg, you gotta spoil yourself every yeah, now and then. Real. Oh, yeah. Why don't you bring a PB and J in a brown bag next time? Hey, I, you know me, I'd do it. Uh, <laughs> you realize vacation is, is I am a time that you know I, that. I, I, my goal on a vacation is to not even come close to spend, to to even looking at how much money I'm spending. Well, I mean, you have to me. to a degree, but I'm like, I want to go and I want to do whatever I want to do. It's vacation. It's not like. If we want to go to an aquarium, we'll go to an aquarium because I'm not going to go to an aquarium every weekend. So if we want to do worry about money every day. <laughs> yeah. Like well, I literally like these well, are see, the, my life has been squeezed into like weekend and week and week increments. Well, Dragon like, Con's not technically a vacation in my mind. I mean, it's a weekend well, not getaway. For me. I mean, it's not, you know, 
vacations where you go off somewhere and have adventures. Well, you live in Atlanta, <laughs> but then at the same time, you guys live in Atlanta and you never do anything. You might as well have a staycation in Atlanta every time. It's hard. Like I don't think Brooks has ever been to the aquarium. I've been to the aquarium. That's I don't crazy particularly like it. It's not. It's not my favorite aquarium. I've been to several aquariums, but that I, one. I, I disagree <laughs> well, with you on that because I've been to several <laughs> aquariums too, and I think that that I enjoy the the Georgia Aquarium more than I liked the New England Aquarium a lot. But I'd have to go back to the because what was it the Tennessee Aquarium you were talking about? That was the so Chattanooga nice. one's pretty good. Yeah, that's what he was talking about. But I was at that when it first opened, and it was nice, but not to compete with. Well, it's a lot bigger now too. They've expanded on it. It's actually at that. At that aquarium, I got to uh, uh, float in one of the water tanks where all the fish were on a rowboat. Really? Yeah. Because of uh, my first job. In the Chattanooga one? Yeah. Uh, uh, my high school job, I worked for a f- professional photographer. He got hired yeah. to shoot the postcards. And so, uh, uh, you know, he was shooting in, you know, into the tank through the glass, but we had to hang... Uh, uh, you know, flashes up above the tank, so I had to get out there on a rowboat and hang the hang the flashes up. Well, that sounds <laughs> yeah, that dangerous. Sounds awesome. <laughs> it was it was fun. It was pretty cool. Oh. But I I did enjoy it. We got a chance. So to, what were so what were the so the highlights of the show for you guys? Highlights and lowlights. I think Sunday was a good day for us because <laughs> Saturday was so packed you couldn't do anything. It's like we we tried to walk around. But Saturday, we just got to sort of nothing panels. Like, we went to, like, a, a toy panel that was fun because those guys are really into toys. Yeah. And just talking about, like, 70s to now kind Moderated of stuff. Moderated by a guy wearing a luchador mask. He never took it off. Yeah, what was his name? Phantom Troublemaker was Something that guy's like that, name. Yeah. But but that was fun. And then uh, I think the, those author panels were all on Saturday, too. Which I, so I liked. I mean, I, I enjoyed them. There was a panel of guys who wrote like for the Star Wars expanded universe, and there's like three of them talking, and like that's up my alley because it's like something that I've been writing about. Like, and I want more information about. So I enjoyed that, but I wouldn't even known it was happening. We went to one late Saturday night that also had Timothy's on in it, but with a couple other people, and it was it was okay, but it, it that was a little lame. I was fighting sleep at that point. Yeah. How late did they go? That was probably know, the last that was like night. Ten thirty, yeah. Yeah. And it, it was must must been Saturday we went to see Kiss Nation, which is like a Kiss tribute band. It was it was Saturday night that we saw Kiss Nation, Sunday yeah. night that we saw the author. There you go, there you go. Yeah. I guess we did. Aside from the toy thing, we must have done most of the panels on Sunday because that's when we saw Shatner and we saw Billy D. Williams. Yeah, that was a highlight for me because I didn't That's think cool. we'd get in to see Billy D. Williams. Yeah, he's pretty. And he cool was guy. a hoot. Yeah, he had a lot of <laughs> he had a lot of funny little stories and stuff. <laughs> I really enjoyed listening to Billy D. <laughs> he he was a Lando apologist. People don't realize that they keep thinking I betrayed. I'm just trying to figure out what to do. I mean, Lando was My friends and his friends, and there's right behind them. There's Darth Vader, and I, you know, and I'm saying, oh my God, I'm gonna lose everything, and I did lose everything. <laughs> you know, people don't think about that. Well, that was my favorite part. Like, you you don't understand, part. man. It's like, you know, I, here I am. I'm, you know, I'm. I'm, I'm running this city, and also the Imperial show up. I'm losing everything, which yeah, I did. Yeah. <laughs> Look, everybody lived, okay? Because <laughs> somebody stood up and actually sort of gave him the opportunity. One of the questions was sort of leading that. It's like, you know, did you ever formally apologize for betraying? <laughs> he kind of went into this whole little speech. It was kind of funny because he would start talking about, like, he'd start reminiscing and he'd keep saying I instead of Lando. He's like, I remember when I met Darth, well, I mean, Lando met Darth Vader. <laughs> it was like so, because when they start out, they start out by sort of priming him and like, you know, it was 30 years ago. He doesn't remember everything, so just bear with him. But they they had done a good job where the the kid that he works with had sort of uh, done pre-interview stuff with him so they could prepare 
some stuff to go over, like yeah, frequently asked questions. Serious hardcore stuff. handler, man. He's, he was, and that guy did a good job too, because he worked he, he worked to warm up the crowd before Billy D came in, and then he sort of did like a moderator kind of thing with Billy D, because sometimes people would ask questions and he didn't quite understand what the hell they were talking about, because they're asking something stupid. But. But uh, he he did a good job. I I was really glad because to me, you know, if, if I'm gonna see anybody at DragonCon, I think Billy D. Williams would be the one I'd want to see. You know, the, I want to see Lando. And I don't know, like most of the time they handle the lines pretty well. But I was actually surprised that it, it felt almost like we may have cut the line on that. But I'm not sure because we got to the ballroom like maybe 15, 20 minutes before the thing and there was a crowd outside the ballroom. And we're like, hey, is this the line for Billy D?" And everyone's like, I don't know. I don't know if there is a line. I'm just, just a bunch of people here. I don't know what's going to happen. And then as they got closer, we're like, well, we'll stand here and someone will tell us if we're not supposed to be here, you know, if, if there's a line. Like, cause, because of the fire marshal, when the line reaches a certain point, they'll break. And then the rest of the line might start around the corner somewhere. So you think the line's not that long. And it could be like around the block. Because that's where we got with Kiss Nation. Where we're sitting on the stairs. And then they made everybody like who was on the stairs go up out the building. And we kind of just scrunched in. So we didn't have to go up outside the building. We just scrunched to the bottom of the stairs. But people coming up behind us were like, oh, hey, is this the end of the line? Like, no, 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 go up the stairs. And, like, and then you become the guy that's got to tell them. I know, you're the jerk. Yeah. <laughs> Russ almost got an altercation with the guy. He's like, I'm serious. This isn't the end of the line. He's like, well, whatever. I'm going anyway. <laughs> Russ just let it go. Who gives a shit? <laughs> Not your fight, man. Yeah. <laughs> you, can't, you can't go back to prison. Yeah, really. Let it go, man. It ain't worth it. It ain't worth that. <laughs> but but so but no one ever came forward to say hey yeah actually the rest of the line is there so we're like we'll just stand here and and if all these people start going into the ballroom and it comes down to the people we're around with we'll walk into the ballroom too and we did and that was that and it filled so I I hope we didn't get in front of anyone but no one told us any different so I hope we didn't shut anybody out that was standing there for like two hours but hey you got you got to take care of yourself. Drag. Do what you got to do. You cannot be weak-hearted, Sean. <laughs> <laughs> but that was that one was a lot of fun to me, and seeing William Shatner was a lot of fun. Sunday was a good day because the crowds died down a bit. Saturday was madcap because everywhere you went, you you could not go anywhere where it was not just packed person to person to person. And Saturday is the day where we we were walking down the street just looking for a place that didn't have a line outside to go eat and uh, well to be honest the reason we left food court because there's no tables I'm not above eating at a food court but I'm not sitting on the floor that was the only condition it's like I, I would I'd eat here but we have to have a table that's I mean, all you had to have we don't have to have a waiter you like to have a waiter too I do like to have a waiter but I will settle for a table but I would not sit on the floor I'm and 40 in Atlanta for a waiter you pay at least 20 bucks a plate well that I'm willing to do I'm on vacation <laughs> I don't have a wife. This is all I've got going on. <laughs> like I, I can make all kinds of decisions, and the only one to deal with it is myself yeah. in the future, who's equally naggy, but I don't have to deal with him. Uh, well, my priorities are clear. Yeah, right. Exactly. I am all about me. That's also, who I have to worry about. Uh, well, we did. Since since we did that though, we did get to go down the street and like find that weird quasi bar. And uh, uh, are you talking about the? That's what I was getting at. The Lotus yeah. Eaters. There was like just this moment where we're walking down the street looking for a place, and there's just barkers outside going, "Step on in, step on in, it's free." Which is a weird thing because it's free to go inside <laughs> anywhere. Yeah, what was that thing? I don't, I don't even know. Understand like, what it is even, I, the only thing I can figure, and, yeah, and you may, if you see this video, <laughs> and we'll we'll put it in the video thing too. But we walk in, and right next to the door, there's a DJ just boom, 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 boom. There's no one in there. Zero people are in there. But this guy is just rocking the roof off the joint. Just do do do. You can't hear anything. <laughs> and then when you walk past that, like. 10 feet past that there's like a sort of like inflatable like matted area with a with a mechanical bull in the middle 
<laughs> with like a six-year-old girl riding it. We're like, where the hell are we? And they get like stand-ups of Wolverine and stuff around. So you're like, is this a is this related to the event? And they have a bar set up, and then they have like a little no, like, kiosk this is selling how... sandwiches. This is how it normally is. Here. <laughs> we're like, yeah, in the back like they have like a screening like area with like chairs a... and a screen. So like somebody set up a portable bar, and they're like, yeah, and we're like, uh, what is this? Like, and it was run by somebody who had no idea about you know dragon con or anything because he had they had like they had a casket in there i don't know where yeah, got there was a, a real yeah. casket what yeah. was that uh, i guess he thought maybe the fanboys would think it was cool right, but, but he had a bunch of alabama stuff in there too also because yeah because there was a uh, there was a football game a college football game in town too so they had a lot of stuff for the teams in there and you that's know, what i imagine like, it was they were probably setting up a post game party for the alabama game going on yeah i think i saw some of that and stuff they yeah they just figured hey while well, we have all this crap i think i saw this up, place we try to you know lure in some nerds but i was like if they're giving stuff away for free we're out of here because this is like the odyssey like this come on in come on in eat drink like oh let's get out of here it's like dust till dawn or something when it was like 12 dollars for a sandwich i felt a little bit better it's like well, we're not gonna do that but i at least feel like i'm not gonna get what did they want out of you you could buy drinks. Yeah, yeah they, you, okay. it wasn't free once you got inside, but it was just the weirdest thing. It's like, let's get out of here. I'm I'm uncomfortable. <laughs> that, that little girl's gonna turn into some like yeah, gargoyle. I don't or something. know what's in that casket. <laughs> it was closed. Yeah, yeah, it was closed. <laughs> oh, that's really good. That is like dust till dawn. <laughs> like once the sun goes down. Exactly. Gonna... <laughs> let's get out of here while it's still sunny out. Oh, that is creepy. But we walked a few feet down from there and. Uh, what is the name of that place? Juke Joint. Yeah, something more. That's not more the full to name it. of it. Um, Sweet Somebody's Juke Joint. I can't remember the full name, but it it was a really nice place. That was the kind of place that I could hang out on a vacation. Yeah, that's pretty very cool pleasant, very nice, good food, good drinks. That's the kind of place where I get settled in, and then they want to leave. <laughs> Well, I'm sorry we ruined your vacation, Sean. God damn. Is there like a, no, where did like we a, go? We had, we had somewhere to be because we sat there with Dave Is there for like a, a Starbucks or a Dunkin' Donuts we could go to? I mean, Even the Starbucks were full. Yeah, really. <laughs> we got tables at the gas station. We could all get a burrito. Yeah. You know this crew, man. We don't... Yeah, it's like a, it's like a, it's a, it's a gas station com- combined with a KFC. We could go hang out <laughs> yeah, there. On dual concept. You know, right. we, we, yeah. we, we've never been party people, our, our, all of our group. I mean, we, no, we get I together you, and have fun, but we don't, I mean, we don't ever go like. But what frustrates bars. me isn't, isn't even the party thing. It is that it is the, the frugality. It's like you can't get people together even once a year. It's like, let's just treat it like a vacation kind of thing. It's like, nope, we never have money. <laughs> the whole group, it's like going back in time, but everyone has kids. Well, that's why we it's don't like have everything money. else is the same. <laughs> I guess that's I guess that's true. Yeah. Cause kids are expensive, man. Yeah, well, that's why I don't have them. <laughs> <laughs> that's the only reason. I was going over the books and hmm, just didn't. I didn't see the percentage in it. Yeah. <laughs> don't see the percentage in it. Yeah, really. <laughs> I just don't see how the, how the numbers work out. They, they, they don't. <laughs> they don't work out. <laughs> Were you guys down there for three days? Uh, yeah, Friday, uh, Saturday, and Sunday. I mean, it's where we spent the whole day and left on Monday. We got two years to plan <laughs> the next time I come back for Dragon Con. And I we might could. go for the and day next year. Uh, I'm not going to. It really wasn't them as much. I mean, it was partly them and how boring they are. <laughs> but really what did it was we we had to come down in the shuttle or drive the car or whatever. So we were all together. And if we split up, we had to coordinate. If we had a a room in that little complex where the event is, then everybody would just come and go as they please. Be like, I'm just going to go hang out in the room for a while. You know, there'd be no, you wouldn't have to plan any kind of stuff. I mean, we could split up from time to time and do stuff, but there was never just a, a time you could go recharge anywhere. So that that did sort of well, and that's also why you might not have got to see all the panels you wanted to go see because every time we started going to a panel, there was a little bit of a you know discussion about who got to go to whose panel. You know, uh, you know, I always wanted to go to a different one than everybody else, and 
I think you did too, and Russ did too. And yeah. Well, see, I yeah. I never much care. I mean, you rattle off a few of them. There are some that are more interesting to me than others, but for the most part, I don't much care about the panels anyway. I like seeing. I like seeing, like I said, Billy D. Williams or something like that, and the toy thing we saw was fun, and the author panels are fun. But if you left it up to me, I wouldn't pick any of them. So I have to have someone say, Can, "Let's go do this," and or, or I'll just be, "Let's just blow this off." That's actually kind of why I may not go again for a whole weekend. I haven't decided yet because really the panels are sort of lame. I mean, they, I mean, they're fun if you're there, but they're not anything that I would, you know, that's not the reason why I go. I go to really hang out with everybody and you know so it's like that, that's the only way we could ever get everybody to reconnect is is dragon con we got to be in that context for some reason but um, uh, but the panels are fun to do you know if you don't have anything better to do yeah i mean i like them well enough i i don't think i've ever gone into a panel or like oh stupid i hated that but but i'm not a self-starter with that kind of stuff <laughs> <laughs> no, you just like to complain about those who are. <laughs> well, that is true because I, I could just I could get there and blow off the entire event and just like, oh, let's just go hang out. Somewhere. Yeah, there it's have like, been years in the past where we've that? done that where we you know we've gone and we didn't go to a single panel. We just walked around, went to the dealer's room, and and we had rooms that year, so we'd go you know we hang out in the room. It was, it was an excuse for everybody to get together. I hate we. That's why I want the room because we could have. We wouldn't have had to find a Starbucks and a Barnes and Noble. People could have come up to the room and hung out. Well, see, I just don't understand we why we can't do that without having to spend a hundred bucks for a DragonCon ticket. I wish we could just all get together. Because here's what happens when there's no event, and it's really not that different when there is an event. It's like I show up on Labor Day weekend. Nobody else has planned any days off. Nobody else has anything going on, and they're just like, "Oh, uh, let's see, we'll, we, we, maybe we could do this." It's like I took days off of work. You knew I was coming. <laughs> and now you're acting like I'm in a way. That's what happens. At least with a Dragon Con, that's the excuse. This is a lot. This is like a therapy session. Uh, yeah, <laughs> maybe we should get back on track. Let's figure out Sean's inner demons. Sure, were a lot of Ghostbusters around this year. Because Ernie Hudson was there. We like we were acting like we couldn't figure out why at first. It's like because Ernie Hudson was there. We didn't get to see Ernie Hudson, but someone said he we was... We saw him in the parade. Yeah, he was at the parade, and someone said he was sitting around in the Walk of Fame dressed as a Ghostbuster. I, I appreciate that. That would have been cool. Yeah, I wouldn't mind seeing him. I, always, I appreciate, like, you know, guys who do that. Like, you know, sometimes when... Like, Ernie Hudson's pretty, you know, he's a pretty successful actor. He's been in a bunch of stuff. stuff. Yeah. He's been in a substitute. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, I wanted to ask him about Dolomite 2. <laughs> yeah. That was his first movie one. Yeah, he's credited as Lewis Hudson. It's like, have you got a twin brother? <laughs> or did you change your name after hum- Human Tornado? Because you don't want to hear So, I don't know. He might have been pre-SAG in that movie, and it was already an Ernie Hudson. It's like, what are the odds? <laughs> well, probably a better name, too. If he was Lewis Hudson, he might not have been nurse successful i'm gonna get socks for thomas for when i record the show here's what he <laughs> likes to do he'll stand up and he'll go in the middle of the room and he'll walk around in circles all night that's you'll hear that sound back there that's just him walking in circles like a weirdo that's his way of saying look man i'm not you know you're not that's just him going why are you getting so excited who are you talking to yeah, <laughs> he's always very upset every time we're recording the show. It's like I don't know why you're getting so animated. There's no one else here. Like if if I didn't have headphones and he could hear the other end of the conversation, he might be a little a little comforted to know that I'm not just losing my mind. <laughs> well, maybe that's it. But, uh, yeah, you know what? One thing I didn't see much of were zombies. Yeah, we saw a few. There were a little bit. There were some zombies. I didn't see that many zombies in the parade, unless I missed them. I think they had a zombie section in the parade, but that's, as far as I'm just wondering about, uh, when I first got there, there was a a Pocahontas zombie. That was the dude. That's uh, awesome. (laughs) 
and that's the first picture that I posted on Facebook and uh, uh, you know I mean, you couldn't match it hmm? couldn't top that picture yeah I know yeah. It's just first like, picture. You know, that's just a you know that's, that's welcome to Dragon Con There's there were dude dressed like a female zombies yeah. that I've seen in Native years American past zombie. but it's a I mean not that it drives a lot of people off but man it's hot to be walking around in all that makeup. I swear, we came out of that toy panel, and just sitting in the floor uh, was like a just a werewolf. And he was wearing one of those shaggy werewolf. I thought it was a wampa when I saw it. I didn't see the headpiece. That's how shaggy this body was. But he had the, the werewolf head off, and it was on the floor, and his head was just covered in sweat. Yeah, I don't know. Like, that's one. One, why don't they do this in the fall? When actually, two, I, I, I mean, because we went down there and Alex had her little Superman shirt on, her little cape. and But then I'd see that other parents with their kids the same age as Alex. And instead of the, just the T-shirt and shorts that she had on, they'd be in like the full, like, long sleeve Superman. Mm-hmm. This kid just like, like sweltering. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God. It's like, what are you thinking? Yeah. I was like, they're not. Who's the adult here? Make them wear a t-shirt not and not that costume. <laughs> Once they get out there, they're not going to commit to it. There's like kids in like a full Harry Potter robes and stuff. I'm like, oh, guys. Yeah, and it was. This needs to happen in October. Thankfully, or not as hot that weekend as it had been. It got pretty hot because of like like people humidity, but the weather was pretty decent for you know, to be just elbow to elbow walking around downtown Atlanta and that is a lot of walking yeah because because it's not very far as far as distance but just making it through those crowds exhausts you and you got to get across because the dealer's room was set up in a whole different area so they had this huge space set aside for the dealer's room but it's way off away from everything else because it's so big like it's kind of sad like you wonder like Dragon Con maybe overshooting because everyone was complaining about how big the dealer's room was. It's like so, so you I guys are doing all right. Complaining about where it was too is you know having to pretty much go out of your way to get there. Yeah, you had to be on your way to the dealer's room. There was no popping by the dealer's room when you're doing something else. Yeah, but Dragon Con's kind of gotten too big for that. There's no on your way to anything. Every time something's going on, you're trying to figure out where it is, and it's eight buildings away, no matter what you're doing. Well, if I was going to change something, the dealer's room would be central. I mean, that's because everybody goes to the dealer's room at some point or another. And, and that's what it used to be. Yeah. In the space that they had. It's just not big enough for the number. What they, Well, I know why they don't do this. I was going to say what they should do is split it off where you have like a smaller area and then you have a larger dealer's room somewhere else. But the reason they don't do that is because nobody would go to that larger area. Yeah. But it's not a bad thing. I thought they did okay. Yeah, and and there were a lot of fun things in the dealer's room. The problem that I have with the dealer's room usually is that it costs so much for a vendor to set up there that you're not going to find people with like the swap meet kind of stuff that I like to see in a dealer's room. They got to have high end stuff because they're paying you know at least a thousand dollars for their booth. Well, and that's kind of a reason why I don't really care as much about the dealer's room as I used to because you used to. Well, pre-internet days, that's where you, you know, that's the only place you could go to find a lot of stuff. And uh, uh, these days, I mean, eBay prices, you know, it's, it's much better to buy your stuff like that than it is. eBay does room. kill it. Although, yeah. I don't, I, I will buy bootlegs. You can just download things, though. Russ is wanting to go to all these writers' things because he's, he's interested in writing. He's trying to, he's trying to write, and it's like. But it seems like such a waste to me. It's like you don't need advice at this stage. Just you right. just need to put words on paper. Like that, all that advice is for later. But the first hardest thing you can do is just make something. And then you can start figuring out how bad it is and how to make the next one better and all that kind of stuff. Well, I, th- I think we were kind of going to the wrong panels in that regard because I, I did want to go to a couple of the writing panels, but the ones I wanted to see were uh, – like how do you how do you sell a script? <laughs> you know how do you, right. you know, how do yeah, you find an one, agent? Those kinds of things. I didn't realize yeah. the one that came right yeah. before the panel we went to was like how to pitch a script, and it had like the guy, the head of trauma and stuff. It's like I would have loved it because that guy probably had a lot of good ideas. I'm not trying to pitch scripts now, but it, that's just interesting to me. 
I'll tell you one thing. I need to reach out to some folks. We did talk to some writers groups while we were there. Yeah, no, that's something I, I've been actually been thinking about myself is maybe a, trying to find a local writers group of you know, just people. Well, we, should, we should just do it on the po- we can have a, a separate podcast of all day. I, I tell you what I would really <laughs> yeah, like to do cool. a writers podcast that's something Rusty used to want to do I do it because where you just because it's like part of it's like a book on tape sort of thing where part of it is a reading and then the other half is is a workshop where you discuss it I think that'd be a lot of fun oh yeah and, I would I'd love and you to could even that. like yeah, I mean, you don't even have. Yeah, that, that I think it'd be pretty cool to do that. It's very yeah, like beneficial idea. too. I I didn't like writers groups, but I joined a writers group, and it I have it's not ready to to publish yet. But I had a book that was broken, and I, I workshopped it through that group, and from that group ended up with a a decent rough draft. I was like, this is workable. I could do something with this. I mean, it was unfinished because it just wasn't going anywhere. Just getting that input I mean, I think it'd be, it would, yeah, it would be, I would love that. I like, I even, I sent you that text the other day after listening to that first part of Apocalypse oh, yeah, Party. It's like, I enjoyed too. the hell out of doing that. Like, cause it's like, I was cleaning the house and I was like, all right, I'll, I'll start listening to this. Cause it's only like 15 minutes, but then by the end I was like, it ended and it just ends. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't go. I'm like, what? What, what what what's going on? Like, just by the end of us, like I love audiobooks. I was like, we we should do more of that kind of I stuff. I want to. Like, even if we did a writer's group, you wouldn't even have to read. I mean, we can even pre-record the parts, make sure people listen to it, and then just talk about it. And then we could. I'd actually be easier because that way you could edit it and get a cleaner. Because that, that way you can get a longer section. You know, you could get like a fifteen-minute section like that each person, and then or if it's like a short story, it'd take like ten minutes. You, know, you probably don't want to sit through it here, <laughs> but we could like That'd be a, a good. Well, you know, that was interesting. What the Atlanta Radio Company is like, a, you know, oh, I, I thought great. that they were a pretty a lot bigger operation than what they are. It, but it sounds like you know that they're pretty much just a bunch of guys who get together in somebody's you know spare room and, and they've been doing it forever it's yeah like 30 the, years or something right and uh, is their anniversary they're great yeah. guys whenever they do a show they did war of the worlds uh, a different kind of take on war of the worlds i think the last time i saw them at dragon con it was jekyll and hyde they were doing mm-hmm. they're always a lot of fun they speak right to my heart the kind of stuff they're doing because they do like space ranger kind of serial as like an opener and then they do like a big play and it's it's really just a, a big tribute to that that old school like radio show and i love that kind of stuff we we get raunchy with venus but that's what venus is supposed to be <laughs> a little bit it's a throwback to that kind of stuff and it's a throwback to old like like pulp sci-fi and yeah it's a i don't even like yeah Ed, edmund cooper so it's got some of the <laughs> gross stuff in it too you could even do a combination of things you could either i mean to me it's like the writer's we do either way but i didn't even have to be a podcast we could just do that over skype but you could record it and be a podcast but even just in scenario because i listen to a couple of podcasts like the this one called Podcastle. it's like fantasy stories and it's like um this one called escape pod there's a bunch of other ones they all have different genres there's one like a horror yeah, one but pod they're like before. they're just yeah that one's just sci-fi mm-hmm. and they'll just do short but ones that have been probably been published and all the you know like in asimov or somewhere else or that are up for Hugo's and sometimes they're just for that show and sometimes they're horrible and sometimes they're really good, but they're fun to listen to because it's like 30 or 40 minutes of just a short story or some kind of little piece. I was like, that's a neat thing. That, that's a kind of show that I'd really like to do because I, I do think that that would be fun for people to listen to, but it is really helpful. Need to reach and out to submissions that, um, and stuff too. Alex Hughes, who we met there, gave me her book and I'm, I'm reading it. So, But she's like a really published, it's like actually... It's not a self-published thing. It's like Rock, which is an imprint of Penguin. But we may get her on the show if she'll do it. It's interesting to get into different people's processes. Because that's one of the things, one of the panels we saw was like Timothy Zahn and a couple other authors that I'm not I'm not familiar with. But they were all talking about how they handle like plot structure and stuff like that. And it's really... And, and whoever put them together, I don't know if they were trying for it, but they did a pretty good job at finding so many different fundamentally different viewpoints on, on the creative process because they both, they all three right. had completely different ways of approaching things. There was like, like he is a very mechanical kind of like logical construction kind of writer. And then on the far end of him was just a lady who was kind of a crazy lady. 
Yeah. Who was she just, was just like, like fully like follow the creative spark. Kind of, she had some interesting things to say about, about how to write, but, but it was very high handed about, I, I got the feeling that she's kind of a lazy writer because she kept talking about like you, you don't, you have to surprise yourself in the writing. So, well, how is it? And you never go back and, and fix like, so you just come up with these paradigm shifts in the middle of a story to sort of surprise yourself and then you never go back and sort of set well, it up. She was interesting. Uh, yeah. Because she would, you know, she pretty much said that, you know, she would come up with a problem that she did not know how to fix at the beginning of her work. And then through the writing, it would, it would present itself. And I, I mean, I can see how that might happen, but I don't see how you could do it without maybe backing up every once in a while. Yeah. Saying, I mean, you, you have know. to go back some and sort of reverse engineer a story. That's yeah, just part of the logical fact, kinda, construction you know, of a story. Uh, you know, when we were in there, I whispered over to you. I said, that's supposed to be yes. Yeah. I mean, I just got the feeling. It's like, are you just like a first draft writer and that's it? Yeah. Cause that's a school of thought. Some people are, are really are, have that sort of creative school of thought, but that certainly is not an approach that I take. Well, I was actually kind of interested maybe to read her books to see what, how they twisted and turned to, to, to make She's, something work. Well, that's, you know? The only thing that scares me about that, it's like a Stephen King thing where it's like, it starts from just this great idea, and it kind of goes in cool and ways, and it just kind it of peters ass. out. And you're like, Ugh, I what? wonder if Under it's the like, Dome is very faithful to the book, because Under the Dome seems like it's getting that way. And it feels like it must be, because these seem like the kind of reveals that. that Stephen King would come up with. But you start feeling that way, too. Like, you come up with this real interesting idea. What always has is Deus Ex Machina stuff comes in his well, yeah, books it's, at the end. It's like, all just nonsense, you know? Like, I love The Dark yeah. Tower, but that's what The Dark Tower is all about. Like, that's the the sort of free-form nature of that story is, is sort of like Yeah, and that's apex. why it works, and I love yeah, that. That's I, why I don't spoil for you, but I love that ending. Him, that's my favorite. Oh, yeah. Because it's all poetic. And I, we still need to... Yeah, I think, it, I think it's great, and I, I, and I always wondered... It always... I mean, of course you're going to want to, because that world is so interesting, and just crazy and it's just so fascinating that they want to make it into a movie and book but I was like I don't even know a movie you? and like a TV they, show it's like I don't know how that's going to work they keep kicking it around because, but that's exactly where where it fails it's like at some point during the pitch you're going into that story because I can imagine at one point they were talking about a sort book. of hybrid movie and TV series where and I could almost see that I could pick out three of the books that would be an interesting set of movies and I mean, then you can yeah. tell the rest in sort of like a TV film. Absolutely. All of that stuff would work like the, during the books are so well. I mean, there's some of his tighter kind of storytelling with like the Seven Samurai stuff and all that. That stuff is great. But the problem, I mean, some of them, there's some stretches that are horrible and long and pointless, but I'm just saying like the main premise of the book and the, the goal, like the main motivation and the main character is so esoteric and like metaphysical like, how could you represent that, like, in a reality-based, like, a show's like, I'm just supposed to get to the Dark Tower because it's, but I mean, I, they can put that gravitas on it in a book. But I think who plays him, him, like, for a while they were talking about Russell Crowe, it's like, well, that that could help, but it's... It, it would come off as being somebody. very trippy. It's, yeah. It's, like, kind of drug-induced in a weird way because, it's like, what are you talking about? It's such about a fun genre-bending sort of world. My favorite, yeah. like, my favorite ones are the ones where he sort of has a flashback and he's telling, like, these these flashback stories because... Those are the more interesting sort of stories to me. Like Wizard and Glass is a great right. book to me. We need to do, we, we're talking I haven't about, read, have you read the newer thing, the little novella? Like yeah, the, the Wizard Wind in the, the keyhole. keyhole. Yeah, I read that. Yeah, I haven't read that. It's a novel. It's not, it's only a novella compared to some of his other It's a real book. It's time to read. But it's a quick. Oh, it's audiobooks, man. Yeah, man. <laughs> Wind <laughs> of the Keyhole is the only one I've read. I did the audiobooks on all the rest. Uh, yeah, the well, audiobooks in the Dark Tower are fun. I guess, I guess, yeah. It still took me about a year to finish uh, <laughs> because it's a long. They're awesome. It's I'm, like thirty so I'm hours of piece. I listen to uh, biography of Benjamin Franklin right now. It's like thirty hours. But I'm I'm finishing up book two of, of the the Song of Ice and Fire right now, and then I'll have to sit on those for a little yeah. bit until season. I'm four. finishing up book two now. <laughs> Sometimes they have the author. Sometimes you listen to like biographies and stuff. They'll have the author read it, and those are fun too. Like all his Steve Martin's books, he reads oh, them. So like, that. But I, I, I love that stuff's fun books. because, but even work like even with the Apocalypse Party. Listen to you read that because the jokes, the certain time, the timing of some of those jokes in there is like what's well, literally like your kind of style of humor. Like it's a joke you would say, so it, it actually works. I couldn't imagine that somebody else reading. Yeah. It would just been <laughs> awkward. Somehow. 
Sinjin. I'll do another reading just as Sinjin with all the yeah. wrong inflections. The human centipede debate. <laughs> That's the one to read because it's so gross. A or B or C. <laughs> I listened to that I was with that Wozniak oh. autobiography, uh, and it's interesting, but he. But they had a guy read it, but they had a guy read it almost like in his, yeah, like, I've, in just, I've, like, this kind of ang- to that book. angry nerd kind yeah. of voice. And it was like, what is this? Uh, it was really was annoying. Pretty, I thought that was a pretty goofy book. And I listened to the audio book, too, but it's like, you know, it, the book didn't really say anything. I don't know anything. if it would have been as goofy was, if I would have just read it, he though. He talked about just all these practical jokes that he's done. He didn't really talk much about Apple. Well, that's how he came across as being some, somewhat oblivious to the world around him. And I think that may be right. somewhat true, because I've... You know, I've heard him on podcasts and stuff. He does, he's on he comes on Twit. If you know what that uh, this week in tech, yeah, this uh, yeah, Leo Laporte, yeah, and uh, which they uh, they did from uh, DragonCon this time. And uh, oh, did they? they I don't there. think Leo was there, but Veronica Belmont was there, and I really wanted to see her. Well, she's on the Sword and Laser. Yeah, well, they did Sword show. and Laser too, and uh, yeah, but, uh, yeah, Russ won the. We went the to argument. see the, the that writers thing. writers again, yeah. <laughs> yeah, sword and laser. Yeah, that's but, why I have these guys. I've never heard of any. I have heard of Timothy Zahn, but that's like you start talking about sword and laser. You and Russ know exactly what the hell you're talking about. It's like I don't know what that is. I've actually never listened to Sword and Laser, but Veronica Belmont is on a lot of tech. I don't know who that uh, is. Either. Shows too. Insidious comes out this weekend. Ooh, I'll have to see. well, I won't see I'll it. Probably this won't be weekend. able to see I'll, it till next weekend. I'll be, I'll be well. I could see it Saturday. I think I'm on a plane Sunday. My next yeah, big movie is I'll probably Gravity. See it. I want to see that one. Yeah, I'm I want to see that. That I looks just pretty don't know neat. Where, that mo- where the movie is so far. I don't know where the movie is either, but all the like the reviews and stuff say it's like fantastic. Like all from because he's the same guy, the director of Children of Men, who hasn't made a movie in like seven years or whatever, and hmm, they're saying it. And <laughs> it's like Terrence Malick yeah. of sci-fi movies. I love Children. Yeah, of Men. Yeah, it's a good that movie. movie. Was crazy. It's a neat idea but for it's such a movie, and song. I think it, it, it held yeah. up to its promise well. I mean, that whole last whole last sequence was one shot. The, like, 20-minute yeah, shot, one yeah. Shot. I mean, just, God, this is, it's, it's crazy. Incredible. I mean, that's what I'm excited to see, is, like, if anybody can pull this off, like, he can. They, people are saying it's, you know, one of the greatest space movies ever, so we'll see. When does that come out? Uh, later this month, I think the 27th. Yeah, I want to see that. Yeah, I need to go see Insidious, too, though. That's, that's fun. But I don't know if I'll get a chance to see it this weekend or not. Where are you flying off to? Uh, to uh, well, do, to Dublin. Are you just going on vacation? Yeah, all next week. Well, that'll be fun. Yeah, that'll be cool. Yeah, so it's gonna be there be... for a week. Yeah, so it'll be fun. Gonna do a, we do a TV and we did a live remote. <laughs> <laughs> I would do need to. Oh, are you going by yourself? No. Shoot, get somebody to shoot you. Wish you no, this little handheld thing. You could, you could do some commentary. <laughs> hey, I do could. need to. We have a camera. Get myself a better camera before I go. That's my goal is to pick up a better camera this week. Something with an optical zoom. Go find us some Irish nerds. <laughs> yeah. Do some, inter- sure do some, inter- do some, some audio interviews. I don't know that we've had any Irish listeners on the show. We've had English before. Well, that's your job. Aren't you going there as a like a missionary mission? Yeah. <laughs> it's like you're going over there to spread the word, spread the gospel. <laughs> you're on a diplomatic my... mission. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just take those postcards and just flutter them. Yeah. That would be a fun experiment. It's like just, <laughs> the hell is this? Hey, man. We're huge in Ireland. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you know, who would have thought we'd be huge in Australia, but we are. I don't know we're huge, but there are people there. Hey, we got like people us. that listen from Australia. We're huge. We're huge in France, according to Libsyn. We'll but see. We've never had any like feedback from, from French listeners. Well, the French, you know, they, they wouldn't. Or Chinese. They, we're big in China. Well, they're probably just trying to hack us. Well, I don't know how much to trust the stats from Libsyn. But it is funny. I trust our alpha listeners. Like I, that's I always use the the barometer of who actually writes in that we hear from, and that's a pretty good cross section of folks well, from know. around the world. I'll take the French. The French have good taste. Well, if they like this show, they do. <laughs> <laughs> 
Bam. Yeah. Bounced. Next issue. All right. Well, let's wrap cool. this up. All right. So, yeah, thank you for joining us for our Dragon Con special. <laughs> but uh, look out because we will have uh, – we're also going to have a video compilation that will come out. I imagine this will come out first because it will be a little bit easier. But, but I'm working on the video right now too, so we'll have that out. Uh, we, I imagine this will be out before Halloween too, so look out for our Nightmare on Elm Street retrospective that's coming soon. And then near the end of the year at this rate – We'll, we'll be coming up on episode number 200. we got to figure out what we're going to do for that one. And also, special. yeah, we'll probably... Yeah, I mean, we just get some folks together. Yeah, exactly. It's a big one. And then we'll see about getting uh, some more TV on the throne and uh, TV on the dead. Out If we can launch our Walking Dead. Or dead air. Dead air. <laughs> Undead air. <laughs> Undead air. <laughs> just keep Something like that. We can workshop that. That's fine. We can. Yeah, we'll keep working on names. Run it past Lynn. <laughs> In the, like the first five seconds of the Game of Thrones, she's like, "Why don't you just call it TV on the Throne?" Lynn's the official namer. Is why. Yeah. We'll run that by Lynn and see what she has to say about it. But all right. But you, in the meantime, you can listen to other episodes of TV at MyDinner.com. You can uh, like us on the Facebook, follow us on Twitter. You can donk us on the Dweebler, plus us on the Google. And uh, join the conversation at forum.tv at mydinner.com. Those are all our different outlets. But in the meantime, my name is Sean. I'm Greg. And I'm Andrew. Talk to you later. This has been TV8 My Dinner. Don't forget to visit our forum at www.forum.tv8mydinner.com. Dog crazy. Dog.